Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hold the head steady, Mr. Walker. I don't want to cock this up. Swelling waves caused the ship to roll beneath my feet as I do my best to follow Professor Olick's order. Unfortunately, the ox is not cooperating and pulls jerkingly against the rope securely fastened to the ring through its nose while emitting low, panicked bellows, its eyes rolling wildly in their sockets. Penned in the makeshift stable below deck, there's nowhere for it to run. Even if it wasn't currently on a vessel somewhere in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and several hundred miles from the nearest thing resembling land, something has the beast terrified. Although, it could be it simply senses the striking woman standing in front of it with an air gun has less than peaceful intentions. For fuck's sake, Charlie. I know you could pull a rope tighter than that. I've got the burns on my wrists to prove it. I flash Helen a glare as I struggle with the rope, my cheeks flushing bright red from equal parts anger and embarrassment. She responds with a wicked grin, and it's no secret we're sleeping together. That's how I was conned into going on this little cruise after all. But I still didn't feel the need to blatantly parade the fact around in front of her father. Dr. Renard Olick is a visiting professor out of Oslo whose expertise is in cryptozoology. I hadn't realized such a degree even existed, but apparently I'm not as informed as I thought. The Loch Ness Monster, the Wendigo, the Tatzel Worm... Olek has dedicated years of his life to studying and cataloging the stories and legends of these and dozens of other fantastic creatures, going so far as to conduct extensive field research into claims of their existence. Due to his lean, sharp features, surprisingly cunning intellect, and, most probably, his parents' choice of names, Olek has been dubbed the fox, in pretty much every circle he inhabits. His daughter, Helen, serves as his primary research assistant, and as such, is accompanying him for the duration of his stay at Miskatonic University where I'm studying for my doctorate in engineering. Her raven black hair and oddly shaded eyes, steel gray, flecked with purple, Give her an exotic, if decidedly un-Nordic appearance. Still, she has the muscle tone of an Olympic gymnast, and at five foot ten, could easily be imagined fallen into the ranks 
of the fabled Valkyrie. I first saw her at a social mixer last fall and was immediately taken. Imagine my shock when my lame attempts to talk to her were accepted and even encouraged. Two weeks later, we were fucking like it was going out of style. Our relationship stayed on that course for about six months when she informed me she would be going with her father for an extended trip during the summer as part of his research. Would I like to accompany them? The fact that she'd been naked when she asked probably helped guide my decision, and that's how I came to be wrangling a terrified ox on a Korean manned fishing boat 600 miles off the Japanese coast. Wrapping the rope more firmly around my hands, I braced my foot against the bulkhead and pull as hard as I can, momentarily arresting the panicked animal's movement. Hit it. Jesus, hit it now! Helen professionally places the air gun between the ox's eyes and smoothly depresses the trigger, punching the tiny metal rod through skin and bone and into the creature's brain. Its eyes roll back in its skull, and its slack tongue lolls out of its mouth before the ox collapses to its knees and finally slumps to the floor on its side. I disentangle myself from the rope, angry red depressions crisscrossing my hands and up my arms, and wipe the sweat from my forehead. Christ. I've never done this before, but I mean, don't they usually use a cattle prod or something to stun these guys first? The fox gives me a pinched look. In your typical slaughterhouse, yes, Mr. Walker, but I've found it best to avoid using electricity whenever possible in these matters. There can be unforeseen complications. Besides, Certain research suggests the chemicals released in the brain due to intense fear serve as something as an intoxicating marinade for more predatory creatures. All the better for our purposes here. Stunning the beast beforehand could rob us of potential advantage. Helen, if you would, please, exchange in her air gun for an enormous bone saw. Helen enters the pen and begins working on the dead ox's neck. The metal teeth slide through muscle and tissue as Helen manipulates the saw as smoothly as a lumberjack. It catches briefly when it hits vertebrae, but she pulls the blade free with a sickening, cracking noise of snapping bone before repositioning and continuing her grisly work. I feel my gorge rise to the base of my throat, and glance down at the floor only to leap away from the slowly growing pool of blood that has spread from the pen and now threatens to soak my boots. I hastily move away from the danger zone and turn my eyes from the butchery, desperately wishing I could turn off the squelching sounds as easily. So, Doc, tell me again exactly what we're doing here. Oleg sighs. As I've explained, Mr. Walker, we're in search of Azure Mangander, the world serpent, 
Most likely it and the creature known as the Leviathan in Christian tradition are one and the same. Legend has it, the beast was so large it could encircle the world, to the point of holding its own tail in its mouth, although that is likely an exaggeration. According to Norse mythology, when Jormungandr releases its tail, it will initiate Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods. During the final battle, the serpent will confront its father, Loki's hated enemy, Thor, resulting in their mutual destruction. All of my research indicates the creature's head will be located somewhere in this vicinity, near the Mariana Trench. As the lowest point on the planet, and one of the few environments not fully explored by humans, it is the most likely location a creature that large could remain relatively undetected. And it's a fan of ox roast? Olek glares at me. Yes. In one of the most commonly artistically rendered stories, Thor managed to accidentally catch Jormungandr on his hook when he baited with an ox head. He attempted to kill the serpent with his hammer, but, oaf that he was, but managed to let Jormungandr escape. We are attempting to recreate this event. But, Professor, what exactly are you planning to do if you actually manage to catch this thing? Finished, beaming, Helen hefts the severed ox head to her shoulder. Her hands and face are splattered with crimson, and a slow trickle of blood continues to seep from the stump of the creature's neck and drip to the floor. Her strange speckled eyes are alight with excitement and anticipation. Excellent, my dear. Let's get our bait up to the main deck. Ignoring my question, the fox turns and leads the way up the stairs, Helen following closely carrying her macabre prize. I stay a little behind and glance back at the pen. The ox's body remains slumped where it fell, the muscles of the legs twitching and jerking ever so slightly as the onset of rigor mortis slowly takes hold. I involuntarily shudder and turn after the professor and his daughter. When I reach the deck, I notice that the sky has turned dark. Storm clouds above seethe angrily, and the waves beneath respond in kind, rocking the boat more and more violently beneath my feet. The crew was gathered in a tight crowd off to the side surrounding their captain. I don't speak Korean, but... It's obvious they're arguing with him about what we're doing, and he is attempting to talk them down. Abruptly, one of the crew steps forward and throws a haymaker catching the captain in the jaw. He crumbles to the deck as a general melee breaks out around his fallen body. It takes me a few moments to locate Olek and Helen at the fore of the ship near the large crane Olek had installed for this excursion. Seemingly oblivious to the weather and the battling seamen, the professor is guiding the baited hook over the side while his daughter works the controls of the crane. I shove my way through knots of fighting sailors and struggle to make my way to them as the ship continues to heave to and fro causing me to stumble like a drunk. 
the wind has picked up and howls like a banshee, so that I have the shout to be heard when I finally reach Olek. Professor, it's not safe here. We have to go back down below deck. The storm is coming. Freezing rain suddenly erupts from the heavens, the screaming winds whipping the drops against my face so hard it stings. Lightning bolts the size of houses flash down from the sky, accompanied by pearls of thunder so loud they make my head ring. Professor! I grab the man by the shoulder and spin him around only to fall back in shock. The man facing me bears a certain resemblance to Oleg, certainly, but only just. He's younger, his face holding a certain agelessness that makes him seem paradoxically youthful and ancient in equal amounts. His eyes are alight with the glow of madness, his mouth open in a wolfish grin. Too late. He's too late to stop me now. He giggles like a lunatic. Shrieking peals of laughter accompany him and I turn to see where Helen was operating the controls. Gone is my stunning Valkyrie, replaced by a hideous creature. Half of her body is covered in pale, perfect skin. The other, rotting lumps of flesh the same purplish hue as the flecks in her eyes. Her cackles are lost as the wind whips itself into even greater fury, the ship rocking so hard I'm terrified we will capsize at any moment. The ship is thrashing too hard for me to even contemplate trying to make it back to the hold. Just as I have this thought, an enormous wave washes over the deck, sweeping several sailors over the side. Their screams are quickly drowned by the raging storm. I spy a tumbling coil of rope. Desperately grabbing it, I managed to lash myself between two cargo brackets. Helen was right. I pull the ropes very tight. Temporarily secure, I look around. Astonishingly, the man who was Olek has jumped upon the bow, heftily riding the ship like an enraged bronco. Raising his arms towards the screaming heavens, he howls into the storm. Come, brother, meet your doom. With that, the largest wave yet slowly tilts the ship so that it is riding almost completely to its side. From where I'm lashed to the deck, I am now practically vertical so that I have a perfect view of the rolling seas disappearing far off into the horizon. In that moment, my mind breaks. From out of the sea protrude miles and miles of glistening serpentine coils. The scales are the dull color of seaweed, encrusted with barnacles and all matter of ocean life. For that is where they have remained for a very long time. An enormous head the size of a mountain erupts from the depths, blind white eyes fixed above a cavernous mouth glistening with dozens of rows of fangs. Opening its great maw wide, Leviathan lets loose its battle cry, its roar so loud I feel my eardrums shatter in my skull. 
High above in the clouds, my eyes can barely make out the tiny figure of a man at the heart of the storm. Bolts of lightning seem to coalesce around him, filling him with their impossible power. Shining like the sun, the figure streaks out of the sky like a comet, flying directly at the head of the serpent. The beast rears up to meet its foe, and on impact, the world is enveloped in an incredible blast of white light brighter than the core of an atomic bomb. The stress of the heaving seas is finally too much, and I feel the ship shatter beneath me. But slowly, the two broken halves descend into the seething waves. My only thought as the raging waters roll over me is that I may be one of the lucky ones. Soon, even that thought is lost as I sink deeper into the depths. My mind is black as the sea, embracing me.